Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I am so glad that you chose to be here this weekend because we have been planning this weekend for a long, long, long time. And this is the opportunity that we have this weekend to really put ourselves in a position to experience changes in our lives probably like never before. It's going to start this weekend. It's going to be, of course, up to you if you decide to participate, if you decide to jump into one of our connect groups. And, you know, we're going to talk more about that uh, over this next few minutes. But this is an opportunity to not only change the face of this church and the personality of this church, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about that, but it's also an opportunity for you to change the way you do life, the way you view others, the way you view uh, your, your relationship with God, and our relationship with God should always be reflected in our relationship with one another. And so we're going to have more and more opportunities starting this weekend for you to grow in the area of relationships and grow in the area of getting to know your brothers and sisters in this new family that you're a part of. And I'm not talking about the family of new beginnings, although we're grateful that you're here. We're talking about the family of God. When, when you became born again, when you received Christ, when you asked Jesus to come into your life, when you declared with your mouth what you believed in your heart, that he is the son of God, that he did die on the cross for our sins, that he did raise from the dead, when you declare that by faith, based on what you believe in your heart, you don't become part of an institution. You're born into a family. Amen? Amen? So tonight, we've got the opportunity. This weekend, you have the chance to add another dimension to your life, a dimension that can affect the lives of many around you. And so that change can come individually. It's also going to come corporately. As we, as a body of believers, become more and more in tune with one another, more and more connected to one another, more and more aware of each other, not just each other's needs, but aware of the giftings that are in one another, aware of the, the love that's in one another. Amen? Amen? Now, let me be real open and transparent with you. There is nothing more that a pastor loves than to see an auditorium, to see a church sanctuary like, like this, filled and packed with people. There's nothing that, that excites a pastor more than to see that place full, amen? Full of passionate people, people passionate to worship God, hungry for the word of God, hungry to get to know one another. There's nothing that blesses a pastor more than to see this place filled. Yet, it is possible to be part of a, of a very powerful Bible teaching church for years and not grow individually. If you're not part of a network, if you're not part of, if you don't have people in your life that you can take what you're learning here and bring those principles and then put them into practice in close relationship with others, there are some principles in the word you're never really going to get the, 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 the fruit out of. You're never really going to get the power out of it because it just becomes head knowledge. 
For instance, if you're the type of person that's very isolated, you come to church and you come and you sit and you sing and, and then when we're done, I mean, you, you listen to the word, but then when we're done, man, you just hit the doors and you're out of here. And then you, maybe your life is very private. You're, you're not involved with a lot of individuals. How are you ever going to put into practice patience, endurance, love, forgiveness, it's only when we're in a relationship with one another that we have the opportunity to walk these things out. Amen? Amen. Now, you say, well, well, that's good, but you know, aren't there more important things in the Word of God that I, I could be practicing on my own? Yeah, you can, you can be home and practicing prayer, and, 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 and you, know, you can read the Bible for yourself and all these other things, but I think we, if we take a clue from Jesus... And realize that the very first thing he talked about after he rose from the dead, the very first thing he talked about with the disciples was forgiveness. I think if the first thing he spoke after he came in contact with his disciples, after, after being in the grave, after suffering on the cross, and the very first thing that pops out of him to give instruction to them is forgiveness, then I think we need to place a premium on forgiveness, yes or no? But well, if you have nobody around you that's ever going to hurt your feelings, who are you going to forgive? Tell <laughs> so, pastor, that's just the point. I don't really want to be associated with anybody because I've been hurt in the past. Get in line with everybody else. Who in this life hasn't been hurt by anybody else? There is a cost to relationship. But, but the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, places so much emphasis on relationship. We're constantly, constantly being taught about relationships. Let me get into my message here. There is something very powerfully unique about an intimate gathering of believers that takes place in a living room, maybe in a classroom, maybe at some coffee shop someplace. There is something very unique about that. I know from my own personal uh, Christian life, I remember times when we just get together with, with groups of people, just, just informal. We just got together. We would sit sometimes with maybe three or four other couples, and we'd start talking about it. We didn't talk about, you know, frivolous things. We didn't talk about earthly things. We would talk about godly things. We'd talk about what God had been doing in our lives recently, what maybe opportunity that the Lord gave us maybe at that, during the week, that, 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 that particular week. And we'd sit there, and all of a sudden we realized, Wait a second, as we're talking about the things of God, as we're talking about what God's doing, all of a sudden you just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit there. Now, let's flip the coin on the other side, because, you know, we are tripart beings. We are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. So we do have natural needs also, right? And so is there anything better than when you sit around with a group of individuals that believe the way you do, and even some that don't believe the way you do, and you just spend time together and just socialize together. And you come away with knowing, wow, this was awesome. This was great. This is so much better than sitting in front of TV and, you know, binge Netflix movies for five, six hours by yourself. And there's time for that also. So we thank God. Obviously, we thank God for the hundreds of families that gather here whether it's on a Wednesday night at the midweek service, whether it's a Saturday night, whether it's Sunday morning. And by his grace, only by his grace, he has allowed us, when I say us, I'm talking about New Beginnings, the New Beginnings church family. He has allowed us to become one of the largest 
born-again, Bible-believing, spirit-filled churches in New Jersey. Right? And we thank God for it. You know, I'm not bragging on us. I just say we thank God for that. But listen to me. There is also a price to be in a big church. You know, we first started many, many years ago. It was easy for my wife and I to know everybody that was in the church. And we did everything together. We spent holidays together. We had, you know, we knew everybody's birthdays. We knew everyone's anniversaries. We knew all their kids' names. But it's tough. When the Lord adds to your church and it becomes bigger and bigger, it becomes more and more difficult to really get to know one another. And trust me, I would love to get to know every single one of you. But you know, we can accomplish that intimacy again with these connect groups where you're meeting with maybe 10 or 12 individuals and you're sharing life together and you're maybe sharing a favorite dessert together or sharing a meal together or just just sharing your heart together. There's something that causes everyone to become closer knit. And honestly, God is more concerned with that than he's concerned with numbers. You listening to me? So that's how you experience Christianity. Instead of just learning Christianity, connect groups allow us to do Christianity. Connect groups puts us in a position to do just that, what the name suggests, connect. Sitting next to each other in, this, in the main service is wonderful, but it does not, there's no room for interaction. There's no time for asking questions. You can't turn to somebody during the service and say, what is the pastor talking about? Or, gee, I, I never heard this uh, concept before. There, there's really no place for that. This is a time of teaching. This is a time of worship. This is a time of of inspiration. But to grow, we also need time when we can spend time with one another. And maybe, and maybe, and some of our connect groups do just that. They'll discuss what was preached on the weekend. So it gives you the opportunity to go a little bit deeper into that subject. And I hope you realize that. The teachings we receive from the pastor, they give us information that we need from the Bible. And he or she, whoever the pastor is or minister, can even inspire us to put the teaching into practice. But it is in the smaller community setting that provides us with the opportunity to actually live out what we learned. There's a very important principle in the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, keep this book of the law, to at the Bible, always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. It's only in the doing of the word that we become prosperous. It's only in the doing of the word that we can say, I know that word. There's a difference between knowing a scripture in your head, even have it memorized. It's a whole other thing to be walking it out and actually putting into practice the principles that you've learned. Amen? Amen? And you could sit here week after week after week after week, and I could teach on love and teach on love and teach on love and teach on love. But if you never then take those principles and actually love someone, you have a head knowledge but it has not become empowered in you. Amen? We all long for fellowship. God created us to be in relationship with one another. He went out of his way to let us know that he did not create us to go through life alone, disconnected. We, need, we have a need for constant fellowship uh, with one another. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I want you to listen closely here. Then the Lord God said, all right, this is right after he creates man, Okay, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. You catching this? 
God said, I will make a helper suitable for him. And you, and you could say, Pastor, that, that scripture pertains to the relationship between a man and a woman. And, and I would say, you're right, that's true. And, and there's no substitute for that relationship. What I'm saying is, that is the highest order of relationship that God created, and that's why he created it first. The, the agreement between a husband and a wife, between a man and a woman, is a powerful principle in the word of God. Now, that does not say that if you... Uh, have been single all of your life, or you, you're single now, maybe you're, you're incomplete. No, you're complete in Christ. It teaches that in the New Testament, okay? Uh, you're in relationship with him, and then he empowers you to be in relationship with others. But what I'm saying is this, because there's, there's a truth that's just as important as that principle of it's not good for a man to be alone, and that truth is this. In order for a man to be successful, in order for a man to be, to be a successful godly man, he must be connected to a group of godly men. In order for a woman to be a successful godly woman, she must be connected to a group of successful godly women. That's just how we learn. We learn from one another. We learn by seeing the example of an individual walking in the light and in the power of the word of God. And so we see that individual. We, we might not say it out loud, but on the inside, we aspire to follow that example. We want to be. We see we see a person who's successful, a godly individual. They're, they're, we see it in their family that their children are, are, are walking according to the things of God. And you say, well, that's an example that I want to follow. But if you're not in relationship with one another, if we're not spending time with one another, then we just lead our little public lives and we put on our little, our little mask, we put on an image, we, we project a certain individual, a certain type of person, but then we run home, and then we have our private little lives. You know, we have our fantasy life on Facebook, on social media, but then we have our real life at home. Amen? Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And you know, many of you, you know, I've been quoting this for 30-something years, but you really think about what it says. It speaks so loud to relationships. Um, I want to quote a Christian author named Ed Stetzer. There is mutual benefit in the rubbing of two iron blades together. The edges become sharper, making the knives more efficient in their task to cut and to slice. A knife that has been sharpened will also shine more because of the dullness has been rubbed off its surface. Likewise, we shine better for our Lord if we do things which unite us in harmony. How good and a pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Psalm 133, verse 1. Therefore, as the author of Hebrews says, and let us consider how we may spur one another or inspire one another or provoke one another towards love and good deeds. We inspire one another. We can provoke one another. And we, you know that word provoke sometimes has a negative context, but in this context here, to provoke someone, to provoke someone. Uh, let me give you just a little bit of an example of that. Uh, many, many years ago, when we first started the ministry here, uh, we've always had a heart for teenagers, always had a heart for the teens. And many of you that have been around here uh, remember when we first launched this place here where we are here in Brick, it was our teen center. It was open to the public. And, and on Tuesday night, we'd see maybe 75, 80 teenagers. On Friday night, sometimes we see 100, 125 teenagers. And I can't tell you, the hundreds, possibly thousands over those years, teenagers that gave their life to the Lord Jesus Christ because of the youth ministry that was here. 
what we started to notice then was other churches in the area started paying attention to their teenagers. Other churches in the area started to launch ministries specific for teenagers. And, and I'll be honest with you, and at first it was like, I can't believe this, man. I mean, this was our thing, you know? <laughs> and I, I'll never forget, I, I was in our teen uh, game room, and I'm walking around and kind of thinking about these things, you know? And, 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 and I, I heard on the inside such a strong impression, such a strong voice, and said, does it bother you if I use you to provoke others to step up in areas that they hadn't been before. What am I going to say? Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to say? So, so we can inspire one another. And, 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 and in the same way, in connect groups, you'll, you'll, you'll get inspired. You may be the one that's going to inspire. You may have an area of your life that, that the God has gotten you so strong in that you're going to be the one that's going to be the example to others. That doesn't necessarily mean you even have to be the leader. In every group, there's always going to be mentors and people that want to be mentors. There's always going to be those that are paving the way and others that are going to follow in order to pave the way in the future. We believe that God's going to use many of you in the future. You may start out just attending a group, but you're going to sit there and God's going to put it on your heart. You can do this. You can do this. And don't let that frighten you. You can do this. But it all starts with you signing up to be an attending. Amen? Amen? So, the Bible says, let us not give up meeting together as some in the habit of doing. It's according to Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Talking about the day of Jesus' return. Now, get this in your heart because this is a biblical truth. True disciples of Christ do not live in isolation, but in community. Amen. How are you going to spread the good news of God's grace, how are you going to impact others with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? In other words, how are they going to come into relationship with Jesus unless they start to associate with others that are in relationship with Jesus? God puts somebody in your life that either by example or a combination of example and them telling you about their experience with Jesus that caused a desire to rise up in your heart to, to say, I don't know what they have, I don't know what's different about them, but I want that, I want that thing. I know that's what prompted me. I, I, not to, I can't go into a big, long story here, but many of you know that I was in the catering business many, many years ago, catered weddings, walked into was a wedding, 400 born-again Christians, and here I am, this good little Catholic boy. Okay, walk into this room, but I knew on the inside, these people had something that I had not experienced yet. And it's through relationship. These connect groups are not limited to just us in the church. It is not limited to just New Beginnings members. You are free to invite people from your neighborhood, family members, coworkers. It's a great opportunity for you to get around born-again believers and realize, oh, they don't have six heads and five eyes. They're normal people just like everybody else. Amen? Amen? But true disciples of Christ do not live in isolation, but in community. Our lives are not our own. We're supposed to share them with others. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, and they devoted themselves, talking about the disciples and the apostles. This is on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, not, not even two months later, and the disciples are out there, putting themselves out there. 
Listen to what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to fellowship, to coming together, to community, to breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Relationship, community. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes. They were in the temple courts and in their homes, in church and in homes, in church and at at the coffee house, in church and in small classrooms. You need both. We need both. He's not called us ever to be Lone Rangers. They broke bread in their homes and and, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And I know some of you, you guys bake awesome desserts. It's going to be easy to come together and have gladness and sincere hearts. Amen? Amen. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God created us to be people of relationship. Why? Because love has got to have people in order to manifest. You could say you love, you love, you love, you love, you love, but if you don't have anybody around you to love, that love will suffocate. Do you think God needed us? God didn't need any of us, but God is love. How is love going to manifest? Love can only manifest when it is, is, it is when it's released to others. There's no way for love to manifest in isolation. God created every one of us for us to have fellowship with him, to have community with him, so that love could be love. Love can't be love when love is stuffed inside. Love has to have people around it in order for it to manifest. I I hope you're getting this. God is always connecting people to one another because he he knows he can flow from one toward the other in love and forgiveness and mutual growth. And personal growth happens in connect groups where you can interact with others, when you can ask questions, when you can bring what you have to the table. Some of you are going to be shocked. You're going to walk away from a connect group and go, man, I didn't even know I had that stuff inside me. Yeah, you didn't know because it was never an opportunity for it to come out. But when you get into a group of people and there's a topic that's being discussed, you'd be so surprised what the Holy Spirit will draw from the inside of you. Maybe your past experience, maybe your testimony is is going to be what God uses in one of these connect groups to really inspire others to trust God, to believe God, to just stay in faith towards God. Amen? Amen. Connect groups provide the framework for us to be able to be transparent and vulnerable, vulnerable with one another based on the foundation of love and community. Your connect group buddies, the people that you're in the connect groups with, they're going to be there for you, as well as giving you the chance to be there for them. Amen? So God is glorified when this type of family develops. Connect groups, can be a, they can be a safe haven for even the most private and inward individuals. I want to quote our assistant campus pastor, Rick Hardwell, who has graciously accepted responsibility to be over the connect groups in both of our campuses, both the Bayville campus, the Bricktown campus, and the campuses in the future. I hope he realized the responsibility that he took upon himself. <laughs> I'm quoting him. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus brought people around him and shared close community with them. He chose to love, to teach, and to pour himself into into them relationally and spiritually. A great model for community life of Jesus is Matthew 26, verse 36 through 46. This is the story of Jesus 
in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before they're coming to get him for his execution. He's going to the cross less than 12 hours from this point in time. And what do we see happen? Jesus brought communion around him. He brought the disciples. He asked them to be with him. He knew he was going into a very dark time, a very trying time, a very tough time. But he didn't do it by himself. Even Jesus himself needed community. He asked the disciples to be with him. He didn't isolate himself. He opened his heart up to those that were in his circle. He said to them, my soul is sorrowful. Now, they couldn't grasp what was happening. Later on, they realized. But the point is this. Jesus himself knew he needed people that he could open up to. He needed people that he could be vulnerable with. He needed people that he needed to let them in on what was going on in his life. And that's an opportunity you will have in connect groups. He asked for prayer. You imagine this? Jesus asked his disciples to pray for him. We're always looking for Jesus to pray for us. But because of the community he surrounded himself with, because he was willing to be involved in a group of individuals, they were there to pray for him. At least they attempted to. But he reached out for support. It's impossible to experience true biblical community apart from spiritually significant, intentional relationships with other believers. As lead pastor of this church, I'm asking you to please, very seriously, very strongly consider becoming part of one of these connect groups. There's over 30, I believe it's a minimum of 33 different groups that are available. This is the first time in the history of this church we've had that many individuals that believe in this cause and believe in the importance of these small groups. I pray that you'll strongly consider. I know you're going to benefit from it. I know that you're going to grow. I know hidden in this population of individuals that call themselves the New Beginnings Church family, there are leaders that are untapped. There are prayer warriors that haven't stepped out yet. There are people with hearts filled with compassion and understanding that will be able to be a blessing to others. Make yourself available to a connect group. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.